During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when Banshees are around Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but that would be weird. <laughs> but giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and 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 very kind. This is the Power of X Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience. And like I told Lady Freeze when I pulled the plug, this is my only podcast. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. You were waiting till I hit record to do that. <laughs> oh my God. How great was it when I was like, welcome to Power of X-Men with the fabulous hostess with the mostest, Nightfall, followed by her co-host, Dayspring. <laughs> no. <laughs> Scotty, last week when we were signing off, I was like, and I'm the uncanny nightfall. I I heard that. <laughs> I started, oh, I was just busting out. I'm like, and did he even realize he said that until, until nightfall had to say something? <laughs> You're totally going to just go with it. It was, so it's edited a certain way, but literally there's this long pause and nightfall says, um, Paul, do you want to do that again? <laughs> do you want me, do you want to take that from the do top? You want to do- <laughs> you, you want to be called day spray your day spray hello there listeners and welcome to our episode nine recap of wandavision series finale i don't wanda this to end <laughs> i was gonna say that damn it that gotcha. is our returning guest host the Scanny son Scanny, how are you doing? hello I am doing very well. So glad to be back on here again. Thank you so much. I am so excited to talk about this, but yet it's so bittersweet at the same time. And our other returning guest host who has been with us since episode one. We literally could not have done this without him. Please welcome back Nightfall. Hi, I just flew in from the mountains of Wandagon, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Girl, you do look jet lagged. <laughs> it's the cataracts. <laughs> Project cataracts. <laughs> he, he did lose his vision, so I mean. <laughs> Fellas, let's just jump into the episode because I know we all have some feels. Oh, so Very much. much. So <laughs> open up the episode with Wanda facing off against Agatha, who still has the twins in her possession. She had just declared that Wanda was the Scarlet Witch. And Wanda, knowing kind of now how runes are starting to operate, understands that she's outside of that range so she can use her magic. To which Agatha is all for it. Because as it's revealed, Agatha is actually absorbing Wanda's life force, shown through the fact that her hands are starting to kind of decay and get older. Um, but that doesn't stop Wanda from being clever, much like how she was in Civil War, and uses a car to smash Agatha into the house. Very, um, hmm. What else had a witch in it that was crushed by a house? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Wizard of Bottoms? 
But we get a very nice allegory where uh, Agatha's boots are underneath the car as Wanda has just smashed her into the house and she's greeted by vision, but not just the normal vision, a pure white vision, much like a cataract. She doesn't know what's going on, but she approaches him and he grasps her head ever so softly. And then, ooh, God, I can't even keep up with this. That bone crunching part right there. I know. Oof. I, ooh, like when, like when she, when you started crushing her head, I was like, oh God. And he starts to pick her up and tries to crush her head. And then Vision, her Vision at least, comes in to save uh, her in the last minute and pushes him off. So then we cut to Monica, who is captured by Pietro in his man cave. And as she tries to escape, Pietro keeps her in the spot under Agatha's control still, and she can't escape out of his man cave. We then cut to Jimmy, who is under arrest basically by sword, and Hayward mocks him, making fun of him and his lack of vision, um, to which Jimmy threatens him that his people will come and save them within the hour and steals a phone to contact his crew so that they can come and save everybody at the last minute. Going back to Agatha and Wanda, Agatha further elaborates on the Scarlet Witch's origin about how there's an entire chapter dedicated to her in the Darkhold, mystifying Wanda even more as she proclaims she's not a witch, she doesn't know magic, and she's not a part of anything that's going on in that world, to which Agatha declares it's not true and she is a harbinger of chaos. Hmm. All right. Instantly, of course, thought of the the Wizard of Oz. You know that I thought that was a really clever reference that they did. Mm-hmm. And speaking about you know White Vision coming and you know just grabbing you know Wanda by the face and oh. just him saying to her, and I and they said you were powerful. You know, <laughs> was just like whoa. Okay, that is insult to injury. It really, really was. And and I, for my, I, I did feel you know, bad for her because it's like, you know, here, this is, she can, I'm sure she could tell that this was her, her vision, you know, not hex vision. And, you know, she was just for a moment, very just vulnerable again, and just wanted to believe that even though he looks different, but that he has come back to her. And I mean, thank God hex vision came to, I'm, and I'm going to call him that hex vision. Now we have white vision, you know, in the mix here. Um, Hashtag hex vision. Yes. And uh, thank God he came to save the day because I wouldn't want to see, uh, you know, scarlet guts all over the, uh, the roadway there. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I, I really, really, you know, just was very just blown away. And, and, you know, it's funny because I noticed too, Agatha's fingers are, you know, kind of black. And, and from what I understand, yeah. and could be wrong, but that it's when you see, when a witch's fingers are black, that means that they've cursed someone. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like a, um, I don't know, kind of a drawback to having done that, mm-hmm. at least from my understanding. But no, I mean, the beginning intro was just very, very good. Very just, I, I like that. It just picked up right from, you know, where it, where it ended with episode eight. I am so glad you said that about Agatha's hands because I've noticed that too. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't, I couldn't tell if she was wearing gloves, like she was just being right. very chic wearing gloves. But no, that's that's a really great Easter egg you found there. Mm-hmm. I so the scene where White Vision comes to Wanda and he's like slowly approaching her, and you can see Wanda's face, mm-hmm. and she's 
realizing her vision is alive and then he grabs her and puts his mm-hmm. hands on her like skull elizabeth olsen's acting oh she sold that holy fucking shit i was just yeah. like you could feel her terror when she's realizing that's not her vision and for a second there i thought that he was he was going to start to phase his fingers into her mind ah! and do something even worse so i was just like i was just waiting for it thank god it didn't happen <laughs> I just, I'm so happy to see White Vision on TV because I was a big West Coast Avengers fan. I think White Vision is such a heartbreaking storyline because Wanda realizes the man she loves is gone. He was Mm -hmm. a computer, he was white free. And I think they were able to capture that emotion in their own way in the story with White Vision. The, the part of the intro, I literally was just like, fuck you, I'm done here, was when Quicksilver, Evan Peters, oh. is like, yeah, I'm Ralph Boner. And Monica's like, I love how she read him to filth, though. She's here like, <laughs> your name's Boner? And I was like, motherfucker, why? Why did you waste Evan Peters on a no-name character? Yeah, can we just talk about this for a second? Because oh, it's not going to be a second. That, it's going to be yeah. like a thirty-minute so, tangent. I, I I completely agree that I I thought the same thing. I'm like, seriously, you know? I I mean, I I guess you know, for me, I mean, let's you know, we all had those theories. Could this be you know the Fox universe's Quicksilver? I remember saying something about, and I think I was asking uh, you, Day Spring, you know, how how would you feel if Quicksilver was the first you know mutant introduced? through the series and and, and and like, you know, fandom theory too, you know, people were saying, could this be Mephisto? Could this be Nightmare? You know, could this be, you know, Quicksilver from the Fox universe? And with all this hype to find out that it's just a resident and it's Ralph and he's only in it for like, what? Five minutes if that, and then it's it done. I'm like, wah, wah. I was so angry about that and we had discussed in a previous episode once we saw that the people westview were casted in roles we would be like oh how funny would it be if wanda had casted you know some random guy who is evan peters as quicksilver i was like but no they're not going to do that because this is the first chapter in a multiverse saga right so why would you bring in a actor like evan peters right, who is iconic as Quicksilver, who was beloved as Quicksilver in Days of Future Past, and waste him. Like, it, it was an outright red herring. It was yeah. an outright trolling. The, the series itself did not touch base on the multiverse, so I can't fault it from that writing perspective. I fault the marketing and the speculation and bringing in Evan Peters because you should have just brought in Aaron Taylor Johnson. And I think there would have been more of an emotional sucker punch if Aaron Taylor Johnson was there with the twins and vision, all these people that Wanda loves evaporated right there. Instead, we were wasted on Ralph Boner, who I guess is Agatha's husband. And that's, you know, I did a rewatch of WandaVision leading up to this finale. And I said, wow, I understand now why so many people have been talking about Ralph because I just dismissed it every time she mentioned him. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how in your face it was. And for right. Ralph to turn out to be just like a gag, when you have a evil witch from Salem, who Ralph could have easily been Nightmare, Mephisto, whoever you wanted it to be. 
And so I'm kind of disappointed with the landing on that. That's just where I'm going to go with it. Um, I have like two things on that. One, I think that this was like trying to kind of, I feel was trying to pull a gag kind of like in uh, the X-Men movies, um, the, the Fox version where Mystique is transforming in front of Magneto and she transforms into her original actress from the original X-Men movies. And like it kind of cycles through that. I feel like they were trying to do something of that vein, but <clears throat> no, they weren't because you know what? Because she would eventually age to be Rebecca Romaine Stamos. So that was fine. That was a really <laughs> nice nod. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I literally am on your, I'm not, I'm not against, I am all bored of this. I'm just trying to articulate a, a point. I am so angry right now. We're all angry. We're all, we're rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. I was rooting for you. (laughs) I was rooting for you, WandaVision. I feel like they were trying, they were obviously doing a gag. Like not, not to defend them. They're doing a gag to make fun of the fact like, oh, let's have Evans Peters character casted as Quicksilver. It's, you know, double entendre in that sense of like, it'll be a gag for everyone. The problem with that is, if you know this fandom, that is a huge backlash you're, what you're expecting. And you would be stupid not to think that that's not going to upset everyone as a result. This I- fandom has not had any morsel of MCU content in almost two years. Mm-hmm. We have been stuck in our apartments, houses, homes, wherever, during a global pandemic. Literally give us some meat. I'm sorry I cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. But I, I agree with it. And I think that's the problem. It's like, I would, I actually love the idea of having uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson come in as the Quicksilver, because I think that would have had such a much, like an intense impact for yeah. the ending. Like Wanda could have actually had to send off with that Quicksilver and actually gone to kind of like set, like kind of have a full circle moment. This just felt like, again, it was just a comedic gag at our expense. And I, not only is it a waste of a character, everyone has been saying this about it. It's not the, the joke. It's not this. They're literally like the best person to play Quicksilver in the MCU is Evan Peters. Their on-screen chemistry, it was so good. between. They felt was, like siblings. They felt like siblings. And the way he was like as a character, it was the best. That's why we're all upset. We're not upset because, you know, of a multiverse thing. If anything, it's more of this fact that it's like, this was the best character to have. Yeah. And you just wasted it on a gag. I have a theory that my my hypothesis is I don't think this just excludes Evan Peters' character completely from ever coming back as Quicksilver. I feel if anything, it revalidates it because if they do the multiverse and if they do introduce X-Men from the Fox universe, what's going to happen, and I think would be funny, is wanted to be like seeing Peter for the first time and being like, you look like someone I know. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that, like that guy. Because these characters will never interact. And if they do, they make it a joke. But at the end of the day, I think it doesn't close all the doors and maybe it's a slight way maybe to how Kevin Bahi he's doing it as a way to test the waters of like, what did the fans react to? Like, how did they feel about this possibly being a thing? You know, here's two things. One, what was Aaron Taylor Johnson doing that he couldn't appear in WandaVision Two, If I was Evan Peters sitting in this pitch meeting, I would have said no fucking way. Well, who knows? Maybe down the road, they, they already told him, you're like, you're going to come back as Quicksilver. Fine, Just- maybe. Sure. <laughs> you sure. know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, at least I'm hopeful. Because if they really don't bring some of these characters, like Michael Fassbender, and then Peters, all these amazing characters from the Fox universe, the best part about the multiverse is you can pick and choose who you want. You can say, no, we won't bring this person in because they're not as great or they're not that good. Or we want to recast them in our universe. But you can take the best of the best and bring them in. <laughs> And then 
you have this star quality. You know what I mean? It's just, that's my thing at the end of the day. It's like, you have the ability to pick and choose who you want. Why not take advantage of it? You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's a stupid theory that the Foxverse, I was like, what are you talking about? It's the best thing ever. We, we actually have grown to like some of these characters from the Foxverse. And if anything, everyone in the MCU fandom was all for Evan Peters being his Quicksilver from the Foxverse. No one was opposed, not, not a huge majority was opposed to it. I mean, it, it definitely was a good way to kind of start bleeding in, you know, the multiverse as if it was starting to break down, you know, and here he comes in as a, as a result of that, you know, crack starting to, you know, the wire slowly starting to seep through. So, no, I, yeah, I, I totally, you know, get where you're uh, coming from with that. On a scale of one to 10, a scanning son, how angry are you that he's Ralph Boner? 10 being the highest. <laughs> 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, no. I, I, I'll say this. I, I will. Yeah, I'll give it a 10 because to me, it was such a letdown, you know, uh, just as you know, we're all just saying, you know, a wasted character potential that just really ended up being nothing because and it, I, I thought about, you know, for a bit, you know, why, you know, what was it about this Ralph character that, you know, was so tied to, um, you know, Agnes, you know, she kept bringing him up, bringing him up. And of course, now we see now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did she kind of, in, that was his home. Did she invade his home? Yeah. And yeah. This, yeah okay. So that's, okay. yeah, I, I figured, I figured that. So maybe that's why she kept on bringing him up as, to, as a way to, you know, kind of not have everybody ask questions about where he is, that he's just, you know, drunk on the couch somewhere again, you know, <laughs> that Ralph, oh, that Ralph. <laughs> sloshed <Yeah>. again, <laughs> you know. There was, a, um, there was a theory where people were saying that he was the uh, missing person that was from the report and i actually like that idea a lot you know i'm so glad you said that because i was just going to say wasn't there somebody that was supposed to have been missing and yeah okay well that makes sense that makes the most sense for him to be like to have that gag name and to you know be uh have a headshot and all stuff there's a lot of things about it that i feel like it just implied that he was the, the missing person well didn't jimmy also had mentioned something about somebody being in witness protection that that sorry i think that was the that was, was that the, was that the person yeah, it's, a, it's supposed to be the same oh, okay person. okay gotcha yeah. oh gotcha gotcha okay yeah. i so here's the thing that ultimately irked me that he's not the quicksilver of the fox movies it's we had to go through the disappointment of the astrophysicist oh. we had hmm. to now go through this i i think it's just when i look at wandavision as a whole it's a great series it's like watching television I was hoping they were really going to go there like the Mandalorian did with the baby Yoda or a Luke Skywalker moment and mm. make you feel like not only is this a good story, but this is beyond TV. This is part of the cinematic universe and you cannot miss out on this chapter. WandaVision, you kind of can skip over it if you pick up on Doctor Strange and Wanda's already in her outfit. And I'm sure they're going to explain. They'll have a, a line of her being the Scarlet Witch and kind of reiterate what, you know, the audience doesn't yet know. You know, it's funny. Um, I really, because they were talking about, you know, who's going to be this, you know, cameo that was on par with uh, the Luke Skywalker cameo in The Mandalorian. And I honestly thought we were going to see Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, come in as a uh, Doctor Strange for a moment. What's he doing? Again, what is the, okay, here's the thing. And maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but 
Agatha could sense all this magic and the Sorcerer Supreme. Not only is the Sorcerer Supreme supposed to be like at the top of the food chain, you know, mm-hmm. right below the Scarlet Witch, but Agatha, who's just this evil witch, was like, yeah, I sense a lot of magic. So I just came here. <laughs> and then she even said his fucking name yeah, right she there. she as the Sorcerer Supreme. And he's in fucking Jersey. That's right across the river from Manhattan. Like literally Dr. Strange. What the f- house called Dr. Strange? Yeah, I, I don't know. Sorry, I'm and, screaming into the mic. I'm sorry, guys. And can I just ask a question with uh for the both with the both of you? How do you, how do we feel about Agatha Harkness kind of in this villainy, you know, role, this villainous, you know, of the series? Because I don't think she really was ever she in wasn't. the comics. Yeah, I didn't think so. So she I like what they've done with a character like Agatha who could have been dismissed you know if you're going through comic books and they gave her such a rich story you know she starts off as the nanny for the Fantastic Four Mm -hmm. then she's burned at the stake and then she's Wanda's mentor and then she's killed again during House of M and now she's back and she goes to a nude beach and now she's at Strange (laughs) you know Strange uh, Academy I am so happy that Agatha Harkness and Catherine Hahn were trending worldwide that is mind-boggling to me mm. it makes me excited for characters like madame webb for oh, yeah. sandra nova for irene atler i think this is going to be a new way of bringing these very powerful is, is the word crones i think it's crones we can into... call them the mcu golden girls yeah <laughs> oh <my> God, absolutely. <laughs> well to that same effect, I think, you know, it's a topic that gets tackled a lot. It's like actresses of a certain age are always kind of dismissed for younger actresses or younger actors. And I, I'm so happy that you have this powerhouse of talent that's finally, you know, being utilized for these characters. And they do it so well. I mean, for the entire series, Agatha, Catherine Hahn took the those like the star role like she really made that show amazing like every time she came on you were excited to Mm -hmm. see her she was so pumped she was amazing and and i'm glad that in a lot of ways they're they're treating these older characters in the comics as kind of like these are amazing characters you should be happy about you should be inspired to see you should be so ecstatic and i love you know from a narrative standpoint i said this in the last episode the story stands up on its own as a, as a full, complete package, you really do get a narrative here. And from start to finish, it made the most sense that Agatha was the quote-unquote villain. But I don't mm. think she was the conventional term, like, villain in the sense. I think she was just what you needed as an antagonist to the protagonist right. situation. And even Wanda, too. I mean, as we'll discuss later down, she's not really the, a good person at the end of all this. You know, she, she has her own sordidness, and mm. what she did is questionable. But... Um, I think she was a great villain. Like if they had to say, if you told me like, oh, Agatha's the villain of this story, I was like, great. I'm not upset about that. You I'm not. I'm not wasted Evan Peters' character in this series. I'm not yeah. angry that Agatha is the villain. It, it was kind of jarring for me because she isn't historically a villain in the comics. And I do like her occupying that mentor role for Wanda. That being said, they yes. didn't kill her. Yeah. Thank, thank White Phoenix. They didn't kill her. Yeah, seriously. And it looks like the door is open for her to come back. And much like Wanda, she can be an anti-hero. 
she yeah. can redeem herself. I, I was very thrilled, you know, that they didn't, you know, kill a character off. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, you know, with it. But I mean, like you said, it, it does leave the door open, you know, for her character to return. I mean, even Wanda says, you know, I'll be seeing you. So, you know, it's it's there. And I highly believe we will be seeing Agatha Harkness again at some point um, oh, in the not too distant future. Before we move on to the next part, the Darkhold is in this episode. And we get to see some pages of it. And obviously it alludes to the multiverse. There's a little Easter egg there of the multiverse right next to the illustrations of Wanda. So the Darkhold appeared already in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Do we think the existence of this book disqualifies Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from taking place in main in the main canon? Or do we think that maybe it was like a Thanos infinity glove situation where like hell is like fake you know like multiple versions of these books kind of exist and they're they may be, be reprints they may be fake but you know what are your speculations on this didn't they say that agents of shield isn't technically canon i i, I don't think they've confirmed it either way i, I, I heard some people say that because that's been the biggest topic there yeah well i'm sure some people can say it but i don't know if it's been officially you know sanctioned is not exactly what you're going to say it's gia gun from drag race (laughs) what's canon isn't necessarily going to be canon no that's fair and i'm i'm fine with you know the netflix heroes and I mean, the abc series not exactly being canon but as of right now there's no evidence to support that sure. they're not canon. I guess, I guess, you know, for me, I, I thought that it was uh, canon because, and okay, so don't, don't post me to a stake and hit me with your, your blue witchery energy. I never really watched S.H.I.E.L.D. So. No, I didn't either. I don't like, I didn't like S.H.I.E.L.D. I, 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 I never was really into it. I mean, but there was an episode in the first season where they, didn't they kind of go to the aftermath of what happened with um, the second Thor yeah. Dark film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I to me, I, I always thought that it, it was still within you know the MCU realm. You just didn't really hear much about you know them, like the heroes itself. Same thing with the Netflix series, you know, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Uh, they just kind of did their own thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't and know. the Darkhold also appears in Runaways in season mm-hmm. three in the final season. I don't remember it. And I, I didn't watch the final season of runways. Never I really, <laughs> huh? You didn't see Never that? Seen, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I actually thought it was pretty good, but you know, these, what, what, what Kevin Feige is doing with Disney plus is actually very special. And, you know, it obviously connects to a larger story. I was so going to say, do we expect to see Elizabeth Hurley come in as Morgan Le Fay in the MCU films at any time, any point? <laughs> oh, we should be so lucky. We should be so lucky. <laughs> I know. See, I knew she was in there at some point. She was in the final season. I've seen, you know, clips here and there on YouTube and when I just never really kind of delve into it. So we cut to Agatha and Wanda going at it again. And Agatha shoots her witchery energy at Wanda, where she erects a force field around her and her family. But the energy gets sucked right back into Agne- Agnes. Agatha, <laughs> and I, I'm going to do that, just FYI, get sucked back into Agatha, draining Wanda even more, as we can see that her left hand, because I think it was her right hand that started to decay, her mm-hmm. left hand 
is now decaying as well. Enter Hayward and his sword crew. Pretty surrounding Wanda and her family. And I, I love how they just all of a sudden strike in a superhero pose, ready to go. To which Vision says to his kids, your mother and I never prepared you for this, but I love how Wanda says, but you were born for this. Oh, so good. So it good. was. I And just the way she emoted that and how she said it with just such fierceness and confidence and just strength. I mean, as if they knew that this these people were, were just nothing. We got this. We got this, kids. You know? <laughs> so enter White Vision. Him and Hex Vision go at it again where they fly into a library fighting some more. And all of a sudden, Vision says something to him on the long on the lines of uh i'm not the true vision i'm just a what was it i think he said uh con- was it a construct i believe yeah to which white vision requires an exclamation behind uh behind his word and they go theory and i'm i'm a little familiar with this i i did study this years ago in school i don't know if we really want to get into it about the uh the ship of theoses and mm-hmm. how you know if <sighs> you know, a piece of like your house gets broken and you rebuild it. Then another piece gets, you know, destroyed and you rebuild it. Is it your house anymore? Or is it a new construct? Which I actually thought was really cool how they incorporated that into, especially with these two. Uh, Yeah. I I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty well thought out. So they're having that discussion. Then we see Wanda and Agatha go back at it. And I'm, I was rewatching American Horror Story Cup and so I'm going to use this term we then see Wanda transmutate. And We're big coven stands. I mean, oh, you're speaking yes. our language right yeah. here. Yes. You know, we, we see her display this transmutive power. Cut back to hating Hayward and his crew. And if this guy isn't an ass dick any more than he already was, he pops out of his car, pulls a gun, and shoots at these two kids, Tommy and Billy. But thankfully, Monica steps in and does something a little photonic (laughs) (laughs) and stops the bullets from hitting them. And I guess we can say she was, I don't know how to really describe what she, it was like kind of this energy she kind of became where the bullets phased through her, but then stopped the moment they came out of her backside. And then we see another stray bullet from hating Hayward's gun Miss, go by her, go to Billy, I believe, and he stops it with his magic. And note, and I, you know, having watched the previous episode, his magic is blue, like the witches during, um, you know, Agatha's, you know, time before, you know, she was getting punished and whatnot. So, not that I don't know if that's really important or what. So he stops uh, the bullet, and enter Darcy after Hayden Hayward gets back in his car and tries to hightail it out of there. And she rams him and says, enjoy prison. The one scene, one line we get of Darcy. Oh, I, I have so many feels about that, but I, I don't want to hold this up. <laughs> so then we cut back to Wanda and Agatha dueling it out again. Only this time they're up in the sky, in the clouds. The clouds have gone dark. We're seeing red energy. Wanda is just giving it to Agatha. She's hitting her with her hexes hitting you know the hex uh, fields and we're thinking at first i'm thinking what is what is going on why how is she missing and we see her hitting agatha more more and more until all of a sudden agatha starts to drain 
the power out of poor Wanda. And when she's done, we see Wanda just hovering in this decayed husk of her former self. And Agatha, in this overconfidence of hers, just laughing maniacally, cast her spell and, wait a minute, nothing's happening. She does it again and nothing's happening. Hmm, what could this mean? Clear the clouds. We have these symbols peering on the hex walls. Wanda, being the clever girl that she is, studied the runes. Thank you, Agatha. And it's determined that a witch that casts the runes, I believe, is able to use her magic against whoever adversary she's facing off against. And then in such a glorious moment, just shimmers in all of this, you know, hex energy and whatnot. And we see her just, as we saw in the vision from the previous episode, in full Scarlet Witch glory, costume, headpiece, and and. Agatha just with this horrified look of just defeat on her face is taken down by Wanda Maximoff, the official Scarlet Witch. And now I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm glad because I was getting chills right there when you were saying the official Scarlet Witch. Yes. I, I have so many feels on this, on, on, on this part of the episode. One, Darcy deserved more screen time. Oh my God, did she? Seriously, one scene and one line. I was like, <laughs> I think I heard someone say that was like, oh, it was probably because of COVID, something like that, along the lines of like retakes or towards the end that they couldn't film certain. Yeah, parts. didn't they stop filming because of it? Yeah. I, so, I think it's a little murky when they stopped filming because according to some reports, they did have a wrap party at the beginning of march but they still had some pickups but yeah that very well could have been you mm. know scheduled for cat dennings but a lot of the exterior shots and i'm just putting this together now as we're talking a lot of the exterior shots were shot post covid so yeah. precisely it could have been a yeah. COVID situation there's also shots of her like in her 70s garb um with a face mask like walking around the like her like the part like the area like outside so i'm sure there was like a lot of scenes that were probably shot like back to back but then like at a post credit scene they were probably like oh we'll say that for the end oopsie like <laughs> covid happened so <laughs> you could make it covid we will don't... return for dr strange too oh, god <laughs> we don't want that 19 around here <laughs> Yeah, I so one of the things that I had a hard time understanding in this part was when Wanda was purposely missing Agatha. She was obviously drawing the runes onto the mm -hmm. hex. And so I understand the laws of that magic, but I don't understand if Agatha was already draining her of the magic and Wanda hadn't finished casting those runes. How was Wanda successful in defeating Agatha? That's the only thing that threw me off because girlfriend was already having her magic drained. How does that yeah. leave Wanda in a better position? Why is it Wanda still not like, I understand her batteries being depleted. So she casted the runes, 
but her battery wouldn't go full back up because Agatha previously, before the runes had been casted, had already took taken that magic. So I don't understand how she went from, you know, the, the cup being half full to being fully full. Does that make sense? So what I interpreted from the scene um, was that you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I couldn't pass that up. <laughs> oh my God, that was good. I was hoping, well, I was just shocked that you were actually going to have a very interesting explanation to something because you're such a dumb I, bitch. I am. I am. <laughs> um, so what I think happened, obviously she was, I think Agatha's ability to drain the energy was a passive ability. It's not an offensive power. And not to say that I understand the laws of kind of like the world that MCU is creating with magic, but I think- okay. As she's establishing the runes, I'm sure in the process, the witch or wizard or whoever could still use their magic in the certain uh, under the circumstances that the runes were in the process of being set up. Um, but obviously, like Agatha didn't use any hostile magic in the sense of like actually using spells or using things against Wanda. It was all passive absorption that she had. So once sure. she did that, I think obviously when Agatha was trying to go in for the kill, she couldn't do anything. And so in that kind of stalemate as the Scarlet Witch, and I'm sure, you know, some bullshit within her magic abilities is that she did the same thing Agatha did, which was she just reabsorbed the energy. As the only person there who could fight back, she just reabsorbed the energy without any kind of mm. resistance from Agatha because Agatha couldn't do anything to stop her from doing that. So with the ruins being there, then it just made Agatha vulnerable enough to have Wanda, you know, take that energy that was being drained out of her back and some of Agatha's powers as well. So I just realized I missed um, a point of uh, my part that I was uh, describing where, you know, with the two uh, visions, Hex Vision and White Vision, where during their conversation, Hex Vision pretty much restores White Vision's memories of everything that has happened you know, with his introduction from um, Age of Ultron up until end, uh, Avengers Endgame, to which White Vision takes off. Yeah, I love that his reaction was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I, <laughs> you can keep that crazy. I'm out of here. He pulled a group. I am group. I love that scene. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Ascani, because I was about to say that I I really love that scene between the two visions because it showed that even though White Vision was programmed to destroy Wanda, there was a part of him that did have a soul. Sure. And he was able to empathize with the other vision and Hex Vision, hashtag Hex Vision, was able to reach him. <laughs> it was able to reach him and they approached it from a very logical point of view, which is so emblematic of vision. I, am I saying that correctly? Like, so even though white vision is supposed to be Hayward's weapon, he was still vision. And I think there's something of a message there that even though he's a robot, he is, he does have a soul and that soul cannot be taken away from him, no matter how many times he's rebooted. And now I mean, he has the memories. I'm sorry. And now he has the memories and shot off into space. No, because I was going to say, there's always that part of, you know, the previous vision there. You know, I, I think of it kind of like as, as a backup, you know, and you know what Hex Vision did, which is kind of bring that out, so yeah. to speak. I, yeah. 
I love the thought experiment that they kind of had. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I remember in my psych class in high school, many moons ago, we, uh, we actually talked a lot about like, what is a soul or what it makes a person a person, you know, like, um, and it, I've always had the stance, a lot of it comes down to like the memories you kind of have of that person or what they retain in memories. Because it's like, well, if a person forgets everything, are they the same person that you know in that regard? And a lot of what this thought experiment did, which was the idea of the boat, was that there's two versions. You have the boat that you restored, and then you have the boat that you took the old pieces from and rebuilt the original boat. Mm-hmm. But it's the same. And the conclusion was at the end of the day that they're not the, they're not the same boat, but together they are the boat. And it's, it's that kind of ideology with vision where it's like neither vision is the true vision, but together they are, which goes back to the comics where both visions kind of merge to basically rectify the white vision's current situation. Um, which I thought was, it, it, it really, what I loved about vision's character throughout all this, which by the way, I mean, we rewatched Age of Ultron literally the night before um, the finale. So I was like fresh on all that stuff. Paul Bentley has just gone all the best quotes. I mean, that man was just handed it. They're like, here's the best quote that's going to be quoted for years to come. People, when that grief quote came up, I didn't realize, I thought he was quoting someone. I didn't realize that was an original line that they gave him. And I was like, holy crap. Like, he is just getting everything. Well, my favorite line from my favorite line from age of Ultron is when the last Ultron is kind of like wobbling at him and he goes, you're impossibly naive. And he, and vision pauses and he says, well, I was born yesterday. And then boom, (laughs) like kills the last, presumably the last Ultron. So, you know, and I, and uh, nightfall, you know, you were talking about, you know, and kind of not to detract, you know, from what we're talking about now about, you know, if somebody, you know, lost their memory, you know, are they still the same person? Could this theory kind of apply to what's going on in the X-Men comics, you know, with the resurrection protocols on Krakoa? I am 100% right there with you, Ascani, because I'm a big believer in the act of phenomenology in which your, your soul and your personality is built on the... On, on the interactions you have with the world. So think of yourself as a ball of clay and it moves through the world and there are impressions on it. That's what makes a person a person. I am Dayspring because of how I have moved through this planet. I don't believe I was born with like kind of like a soul that kind of like follows me with like preconceived like character traits. So in Huxpox, when that Sentinel comes and opens the spaceship and kills our gene, I'm like, motherfucker, our gene is dead because the gene that died in those last few seconds was not put into, you know, the Krokoan, you know, protocols. It was a backup from before she left. And so that gene will experience life that the current gene walking around and the current X-Men, I'm sorry, always making about gene will (laughs) never, will never ever be able to replicate or have those memories of. So yeah, I agree. Look, I was just mad that you know, Hickman wrote, you know, that, you know, that gene death right there, because come on, our gene would have smashed those Sentinels. No problem whatsoever. I mean, she did it, you know, you know, coming back right before the eight, uh, you know, the Hawks Box series. Um, oh, I know that last issue of Rosenberg yes, that uh, Salvador yes. LaRocca wrote, or excuse me, that Rosenberg wrote and LaRocca illustrated and then the Dodsons. 
but where the sentinel tears open and there's Jean. And, and she's like, just walking past Emma and Emma Logan. <laughs> and Logan. And then she kisses Scott. And yes. you love how Emma has like half a shaved head. Yep. But then in the next panel, when she's kissing Cyclops, her hair's back. Right. Yeah. I love exactly. that. Yeah. No. So it's an interesting notion what constitutes a soul. Are you born with like a soul with a preconceived idea of who you are and certain characteristics, or do you earn your soul as you live through your life? And what happens to your memories if you lose them? Yeah. And I guess that's, you know, and again, not to detract here, but I guess that's always kind of my thing with what's going on with the, you know, current uh, X-Men comics is, you know, when you have all these characters die and then they go through the resurrection protocols, is it really them? And if, and what happens to their soul? Yeah. You know, I wish they would have just for a Hoxpox just put in a little line that like Xavier can download thoughts till the very last second, you know, and that would have yeah. made me feel a lot better. But so Hayward shooting the twins. What a fucking douche. I know when he's an ass dick. Like, case, he was just like, I'm going to shoot them. I don't care. Even if they were fake, like how do you have the humanity to do that as an adult? Like, as yeah. An Beyond that, you work for S.W.O.R.D. Wouldn't you take these weapons in to analyze them? Why would you kill them first and not study them? You, you know what I mean? It didn't, that didn't make sense to me, his reaction. But it gave Monica an opportunity to showcase her powers. And what I loved about Monica in these last three episodes where she got her powers, they didn't do a situation where it was like Ray from, you know, Star Wars that she automatically knows how to use everything, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. No, she's still kind of discovering her powers. And I appreciated that. And they even had a line, I believe it was Agatha who said like, you're powerful Wanda, but you lack knowledge. And that's how it kind of comes in the end with your recap, Escani, where she was able to outsmart Agatha, because she was paying attention, but I love that nuance that we have these powerful characters running around the MCU, but some of them lack the knowledge of how to, you know, use their powers or their abilities, or they're just getting used to these powers. They, they're still fucking powerful, but they're human first and they're learning how to get a hold of them. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Evan Peters' character doesn't even know his own name and doesn't realize that he's from the Fox universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, this is why I just really love Monica's character so much because she was the only one to literally be on Wanda's side outside yeah. of the hex. Oh. And that woman, what a boss ass bitch she is because she jumped right in to defend those kids that she didn't even know, but she did it for Wanda and I... really proved herself. I just... Monica in this series just really stood out for me. And yes. these last few days I've been playing over and over again, this line she said, where she's here like, what are you going to do? The worst thing already happened to me. And, you know, and obviously her mom dying and we can get into this later, later down once I'm done with the final recap, but I didn't realize until the very end of the series that this entire series was about, grief and mm -hmm. all these different characters from monica to vision to wanda to even agatha coping on some level with their grief yep and it was just so beautiful exactly yeah. um just because his kind of story kind of wraps up here but hayward even is a is emblematic of that process of grief because he even you know when he was talking to monica and 
higher episodes. And by the way, this is no apologist to Hayward. I, he's awful. Oh my God. Are you Hayward Stan? No. <laughs> you would well, like a daddy in a no. military uniform. No, but for, for Hayward would go pew, pew. <laughs> Sorry. Dayspring, I'm talking. Hi, 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 Dayspring, I'm talking. Hi. Talking Dayspring. Hi. I'm talking Dayspring. Um, no, but I feel like, you know, Hayward had one, I, I will say this much, my one critique now talking about this, my one critique about WandaVision, um, aside from one other thing that I'll get to towards the end, was that um, Hayward was kind of a little undercooked and underdeveloped as like a villain. Like, I don't understand why he, you know, you can't just say like, oh, he's just a bad guy who's twisted and a, cor- a corrupt corporation. It's like, nah, like there's some motive there. And maybe the motive was at the end of the day, he, you know, he kind of confessed to Monica. He's like, you don't know what it's, what it was like to keep the lights on. And I feel like that was such a great line there for oh, him yeah. to show like the grief of like, we've seen these people obviously from the pirate movies, but like for him to kind of showcase a more um, kind of like aggressive side of like being the ones left after the blip. Like, you know, he ha- almost has this kind of disdain towards the people who were flipped. Like, no, right. Really, and really great character development that didn't get utilized a little bit more to make him a little more human. Because he's kind of comically like a villain in this story. He does have that great line where he's here like, you people who just came back, you we don't have the gift of optimism, the ones who had to stay behind. And I love that maybe he's a bit more world weary, but that doesn't excuse. Why would he, to sure. what end does it serve that he makes Wanda a villain? You know, and that's why I think some of us with our fans theories thought that he could have been Mephisto or another, you know, character in disguise or Agatha or Ralph that Agatha was controlling outside because I don't, I don't understand that motive. Again, I don't understand why he would just shoot at the kids. I don't understand why he would edit the, you know, the security footage. It just feels that like Marvel really wanted to misdirect us in a significant way, instead of telling a very compelling character arc for someone like Hayward. You know, I'm really glad you said that because what I got, you know, with this Hayward in general is he's just a fucking prick you know, a potential kid murderer. He doctored that footage to frame Wanda. I hope he gets crabs that never go away. <laughs> so, I mean, that's Someone's just crabby tonight. That's my, that's my thought, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I'm disappointed that he didn't turn out to be something a bit more nefarious. That That's my only note with Hayward because he was, he was really, I mean, he had two lines that really spoke to me. One, when Wanda was, you know, at the sword facility and he said, not all of us can bring our soulmate back online. And Wanda was like, what? And how did he know she could even have that power? Because at that point, she can move things with her mind and she can, you know, read minds, but she can't bring back anyone to life. So why would he say that? And then the second one was when he read Monica during the meeting and was like, I know your history with Captain Marvel. And, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's just normal. You know, that's on Wikipedia in the MCU. That's fine. But those felt like very deliberate lines that showed that he was probably plugged into a much larger narrative. And what? No, he's just an asshole. I just, it didn't really add 
up? Like, why is he bad? Why did he want to frame Wanda? I don't get it. What, what, what point, whether Wanda is innocent or not, his job is to save the people of Westview. Sure. And I mean, I feel like, you know, there's no real explanation why he started Project Cataract um, and why he wanted to frame Wanda. I feel like the, the if you want to dip, delve into his character a little bit and understand who he is, I think he just has a disdain for super powered individuals. There's sure. a way that he's talking about them. I think he maybe even feels like they were the cause, which to an extent they were, of the blip and obviously his disdain towards the blip and kind of everything. I think that's if you really want to delve in and kind of analyze it. But yeah, he was a very, there was a lot of moments where I was just like, I guess he's just an asshole. Like <laughs> no. that's the punchline. You, you took the words right, right out of my mouth, Nightfall, because that, that's what was my next thought was that he could just probably, he just doesn't like superheroes in general. And, you know, of course, not to, you know, defend him by any means, but I mean, for all we know, he could have had a, an incident in the past that maybe he lost somebody because of what happened with the battle, with a, a battle regarding, you know, a superhero, uh, maybe the battle of New York, you know, yeah. when the Chitauri were coming in and, you know, I mean, it, it really could be anything that could have just really eroded his mind of, you know, these heroes now with these special abilities, you know, kind of like how, you know, the X-Men get treated, you know, in, their, in, the, in the comics, that they are feared and hated uh, because they're mutants. Or are the Avengers wow. stealing something else from the X-Men now? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Do we have anything Ooh. else to say on Hayward? I think I said my piece on him. <laughs> Nightfall? No, yeah, you guys can go and untuck while we deliberate. So we've already done two thirds of the episode. I'm going to recap the final, you know, third of the episode. But there's something suspiciously missing from this episode. And you know what that is? A commercial. A commercial starring Victoria Blaine. Preach. This is what you get when you ignore your fans on Instagram. <laughs> you get cut out of your MCU role. <laughs> you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Oh, my God. So Victoria Blade is just a random Westview citizen and did not even appear in this episode. Okay, sure. All right, fine. Fine. I do okay. wish that we got like some explanation why those two were the 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 advertisement people. Like that's kind of the one thing I just wish. Like I don't I don't need anything about their character if they were tied to Wanda's past. I just was like, are they citizens or are they someone else she knows? Like what? Exactly. Yeah, what, yeah who who were they supposed to be? You know, I mean, were they what really did they play in this, you know, narrative besides just being in the commercial? Victoria Blade, you could have guest starred on this F-list podcast. We're all rooting for you. I kid. I love you, Victoria Blade. You are welcome on this podcast anytime. I thought you were setting that up when you were saying it. I literally thought she was just going like, <laughs> to... Oh, I know. My whole oh, crap. <laughs> no. She has repeatedly ignored all my DMs. This, this, is, power of, this is power of X-Men's, you know, uh, Luke Skywalker uh, cameo moment. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh, my God. Scanny Sun, what a fucking read there. And you're right. Like, <laughs> come on. Come she, on. Oh but I think... I think I am disappointed, though, to be in all seriousness, I am disappointed that she and the other actor did not turn out to be anyone significant. Of course, the rumor was that they were Wanda's parents. Mm-hmm. And, and, and obviously, we know that's not true. So I am disappointed that 
we didn't get a much larger explanation for the actors in there. And we, yeah. see, we see her parents. So that would have even been much, especially considering that episode eight and nine don't have uh, commercials. That would have been such a punch to see these two actress, uh, actors that we've been watching the whole time. And then like she sees her parents and they're them. That wow. would have been such, because again, yeah, like they're just regular uh, citizens. Like what's the, they have some significance for being in um, the commercials. It, it, like, her- Supposed parents. Yes, exactly. Supposed. Supposedly her parents. <laughs> okay. So in our final act, Agatha lays defeated and Vision and Wanda agree it's time to take their family home. You can see the tears in Wanda's eyes because she knows once they go home, they aren't coming back. Monica gives Wanda a knowing look and the hex starts to shrink at a rapid pace. And we begin to see things returning back to normal before the hex. So the family enters the home and thanks to Wanda's chaos magic, she and Vision revert back to their civilian forms. They go upstairs and they tuck the kids in bed and it's a really truly heartbreaking scene. And I don't mean to get mushy guys, I'm sorry, but They tell the kids how proud they are of their courage. And Wanda says that family can never leave each other, even if they try. And they kiss the boys goodnight. And you can see the hex in the background. It's coming closer. The room is illuminating red. And before Wanda closes the doors, she looks at her sons and she says, thank you for choosing me as your mother. Mm -hmm. So in the living room, Wanda is turning off the lights when Vision stops her, saying he's heard it's bad luck to say goodbye in the dark. And she kind of has this really cute moment. Elizabeth Olsen's acting is just so on par. She just looks at him and smirks and calls him out on being a liar. (laughs) (laughs) But then Vision just says, I just want to see you. So the Hex is approaching the front door and they hold hands and Before it engulfs him, Vision says he wants to know what he is. And Wanda replies, you're the piece of the Mind Stone that lives within me. You are a body and wires and blood and bone that I created. You are my sadness and my hope, but mostly you are my love. And Vision says, as the hex starts coming into the living room, we've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason. And Wanda just like cuts him off and says, we'll say hello again. And so that's it. The, the, the hex engulfs the house and Wanda's Westview life melts away. And she now stands alone in the vacant lot right back where she began when she arrived in Westview. Mm-hmm. So bitch goes all emo. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> bitch goes all emo, puts her hood up, oh, no. her, her <laughs> long, beautiful wig, that orange wig that she got from Hot Topic, like just like laying like down on her chest and her hood up. She walks through Westview and the people of Westview are angry as fuck. They want to burn this witch and they're mm-hmm. giving her the stink eye. And you better believe Dottie, I'm sorry, Sarah, will be suing for damages. Like Wanda needs to go hire Matt Murdock or She-Hulk <laughs> ASAP. 
Uh, Wanda has one final exchange with Monica, and Monica says the people of Westview will never know what she sacrificed for them. And Wanda said, it won't change a thing. To which Monica replies saying, given the chance, she would have brought her mom back. So Wanda says she doesn't understand the power that's growing inside of her, but she will. And I love the scene because Wanda is taking responsibility for not only her actions, but for her future as well. So she transforms into the Scarlet Witch as the police arrive and just bolts off into the sky. And guys, seeing her fly, I just, oh. it was so, I don't even know how to properly describe it. I want to say it was so cinematic, duh. but it was kind of like the first time I saw Hocus Pocus and seeing the witches fly through the air. I, I kind of got that same vibe when we saw Wanda in her hood and you saw all of Westview. And then she stops in front of the sign. She looks back, but most importantly, she's going forward. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Series ends. But because this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we get two post credit scenes. Yep. And the first post credit scene is Monica. She's being escorted into the Westview Theater by an agent who reveals herself to be Skrull and says that she has been sent by a friend of her mom that wants to meet with her and points up at the sky. And this is to Tiana Paris and her, her acting because that look she oh. gives, oh my God, I'm just like, yes. Yep. So in the final scene, we see a house in the mountains. Presumably it's Wundagore Mountain. And Wanda is drinking tea while her astral form studies the dark hold. And she hears the cries of her children in her head. Yep. Boom. That's it. WandaVision is thus completed. So, fellas. Oh, my God. So much to talk about. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I almost cried while I giving the... <laughs> I, I, I'm such, I can't. Was in tears, like really quickly because I, I'll get into the emotional aspect of it. But I, what I love so much from this, that last scene where they're all together and they're tucking them in, um, you know, every episode dealt with a TV metaphor or some type of illusion. And I loved that this one in the same vein of following kind of every decade, it hit this mark right here where it told a very, like that, the way the scene played out, you've seen that scene before. You've seen that emotion and that that narrative right there. And I love that that, again, just reinforced the idea of like the TV metaphor through that moment where like they're tucking the kids and all this stuff. And I mean, when she was like, thank you for choosing me, I, tears. Oh, yeah. Tears. Which like, by the way, is such oh. a like new age mom thing mm -hmm. to say, thank you for choosing me as your mom. And I always roll my eyes when people say that. I'm like, they didn't choose you. But it's Elizabeth Olsen and the way she just <laughs> emoted that and you just saw just the dread in her face. Yeah. She needs more mom characters because she is so good at playing this parental figure and the like, even, you know, I loved her facial expressions, the subtlety of her actions with the scene with Agatha, um, where she's coming up to her. She's done that thing where she kind of holds her hands. Like she's done that before in the past. Mm -hmm. And like, she comes up to Agatha and she's like, sorry, I got to put you back. She's like, you're not sorry, <laughs> you're cruel. <laughs> like, I, 
Spinner and Agatha, they had the best chemistry on screen, on par with Evan Peters, but her and Agatha are just oh. such great characters. And I look, Catherine Hahn's acting, I know the bitch, they just put some eye drops and they're like, okay, shoot, go. Cause she was crying in that scene. Like you could tell behind the eyes, just like, God, kill me, please. Well, no, it's a fake, much worse, mm. oh. much worse than death for her hard to watch that scene because like you can't even appreciate Agnes as a character there because you're like oh that's awful but Wanda is so in her element when she's talking to Agatha and that costume guys wait we got three gay men on the call here like let us let us deliberate about that look can I start because I have many issues with this outfit actually really yes so I think it is a great in, in concept, I think it's a great interpretation. I think the outfit looks amazing. My main complaint that I don't think, I, I think is fair and objective before my second complaint is the crown should have been somewhere between the size it is now to her Halloween costume. Yeah. I, guess yeah, Halloween I agree costume, with that. I would have loved it a little past her hair um, because it looks small. And I would have liked the crown just to be a little bigger. Doesn't have to be as big as her Halloween, like I said, just a little bit bigger than this one. And I don't like her hair. I know it makes sense, but I just don't like the way her hair looks. I loved her Halloween, like the 90s and 60s, very soft, laid back comb through. The frizzy kind of messiness of the hair, I get it. It just doesn't, it looks cheap compared to how she overall looks. Like, again, the hair that she had, uh, when she comes back from the hex and she's like puts up the hood i was like this that's the hair i want to see that's the hair i want to see with the crown but other than that i think she looked phenomenal i think she looked I, great i want to piggyback off your hair comment um because i don't know maybe i'm alone in this but i'm just tired of seeing the red i want her to go back to her brown <laughs> hair <laughs> i was no i was uh, about to say that Ascani. if only her hair was a bit darker sure. i would have been like it's listen i'm gonna be triggered with a character who's going dark who has red hair and a headpiece that's not jean gray so you know i'm gonna be in but wanda has darker hair that's that that is in canon but to what you both are saying i think the episode where they were doing the halloween and she had her hair like that i thought it looked fabulous i get it i get why the hair has to look like this and i love her walking through the neighborhood (laughs) with her fucking crown and her (laughs) just hair everywhere and she's like la 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 (laughs) you have to expect to have like a you know a fan in the background to like kind of blow on her and her hair just goes you know everywhere the mariah fan (laughs) yeah you know every time she just walks amongst her people of westview you know I would have, pre- again, it's all about, you know, getting a little artsy here, but it's all about silhouettes, right? Like her, that's what I hate a lot about the contemporary hero design is that it completely removes the artistic direction and decisions that a lot of these creators made when designing these characters. Wanda's big headpiece and her cape and her silhouette all were to kind of make her identifiable as this character. Like you see a character with like an N-shaped you know, design, you think of obviously Magneto, but Wanda is thrown right in there because of how iconic it, iconic it is. If you're going to make the crown like that, maybe have the hair just a little flatter on top so the crown's more pronounced visually, but also give her longer hair. Make her hair 
longer flowing. Yeah, the crown does get lost in her hair. I'm looking at photos of it right now. It's a beautiful rendition of it. Again, just, it doesn't have to be that big, just a little bit more pronounced so you can see like the way it looked in the Halloween, she looked, um, that was, I, I am a fan of the classic comic book hero styles coming into a movie cinematic experience because they look great. I'm like, I love it. I know it's I, cheap. I don't know why they always great. do it as a gag though, because of course with the Netflix heroes, we got the jewel costume, we got the Luke Cage costume, we got the Hellcat costume, and it's always like a gag, you know, but they actually, the actors end up looking pretty good in them. And I agree. Wanda looked great in the Halloween episode. Oh, she did. She and, was just perfection in that. And this one, I, I'm trying to, I was looking around to see where the costume is getting its inspiration from. Obviously, we've all been on the socials. They're comparing it to X-Men Apocalypse Magneto's look. Yep. Mm-hmm. It looks a little, if I'm looking at the, you know, the, the comic book inspiration, it looks too, there are two that it looks like to me. One, her Onslaught era costume. And two, her more recent that we got in the Scarlet Witch series. Scotty, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've seen the uh, the posts, you know, people making that comparison between her and, you know, Magneto. I mean, the color schemes are very similar for sure. I, you know, when it comes to the costume, I mean, I, I think she looks great. Like, as I just said, you know, I just wish she'd go back to the the, the darker hair that she had when she, her character debuted. Uh, for me, though, as great as I think she looks, I, my heart, I, I just love how she debuted the look that she had when she was, you know, in Sokovia fighting alongside Hawkeye. When I, I, I don't know why. I just love the outfit that she was wearing. She looked like a 30 year old playing a high school. <laughs> sorry. Just, I, I don't sorry. know. I mean, I just. She looked like she got a coupon to Rampage at the mall. Hey, I mean, look. Town. Look, she no, just she went didn't. to hot. Oh, look, she just, look, she got it. She, you know, ransacked I, the store on a hot topic sale. Hey, get it. <laughs> She has some hair dye too. You know, in Miami, her hair color, we call buta red. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like you try to bleach your hair blonde, but it came out this orangey red. And that is what they did to Elizabeth Olsen. I cannot believe her agent or anyone wasn't like, no, 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 no. This does not look good. I I don't know. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, I think I like, I think back to it. It's the skirt for me. At the end of the day, when I was watching Age of Ultron, I was like, why is she wearing a skirt? Yeah, that's fair. I'm like, if she was wearing like leggings or jeans, that I would have been fine with it. Cause I like the red, I love the red jacket. I thought that was- Me clever. too, like those, me like, too. You know, and it's funny cause when she, at the end of Age of Ultron, when she has her ne- new outfit, when they're announcing the new Avengers, the, the irony in all that is I like the outfit, but fire the stylist that did her makeup and her hair because she looked awful. <laughs> and that <laughs> her face being upward, like it just was so unflattering. But I was like, oh, I love the outfit. But my God, what happened to her? Yeah, that she wore one time. Yeah, literally. That's what I'm hoping for here is that like they're going to show her like this and then there's going to be some tweaks to her outfit kind of in Oh, the- I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they do that every time. You know, every, yeah. like, you know, movie, you know, then the sequel, there's always some different, you know, aspect of the uh, the uniform that they Captain have. Captain America. Yeah. Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. Yeah. Iron Man. Captain Marvel. Arjo staying yeah. with that busted shake-and-go wig. I watched the first Avengers film recently too. And I was just like, they did her so dirty giving her that shake and go wig. (laughs) (laughs) If I can just kind of, I want to kind of backtrack to what you said in Nightfall about, you know, how we've seen those scenes 
of, you know, families tucking in their children, watching that scene while she was talking to her, her uh, children, my mind automatically went back to that scene in Titanic where the mother was talking in her children yes. while the ship was going down because they knew there was no way that they were going to make it alive. And she didn't, and this was her way of just calming them and yeah. just telling them that everything was going to be okay, that they'll see each other soon. So do I just think, kind of correlate it to that. Do we think that Wanda was, well, no, because we've established that Wanda can't control her kids because I was going to say, do we think Wanda tried to like ease their, their pain by putting them to sleep? But again, we've seen that Wanda cannot do that. So they were very well behaved for kids that were about to get engulfed by oblivion. Do you know what uh, my boyfriend said while we were watching that episode? He literally turns to me at that moment and he goes, damn, Billy knew what was about to happen. Like he probably projected and foresaw what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. And I literally was like, I paused and I go, why would you say that? (laughs) I was so mortified. The scene was there there. The scene was purposely vague because they go downstairs and we don't see the kids mm-hmm. integrating. So this leaves room for maybe, you know, in the Young Avengers movie, they pop in to save them. Maybe Wanda goes back in time and grabs them at that moment. It really does leave it ambiguous enough for the viewer. I mean, I just now purchased the the Vision Quest uh, trade paperback and I'm going to get the next one, I think, in line called Darker Than Scarlet. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and I mean, who knows? Anything can happen. I mean, they could have, they could have easily have been taken by some demonic being. Yeah, yeah. Below. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, especially coupled with the end credit scene, where you're like, well, is it? You know, are are the are the kids screaming because Mephisto has them? Is she going back to that moment? You know, to to claim them. Who knows? I, I love it that they've kept the door open. And that's the thing this entire finale did. It kept everything open. We know we're going to see Darcy again in Thor Love and Thunder. We know Captain Rambo will be back in Captain Marvel 2 and presumably Secret Invasion. And you know, I think the Ms. Marvel series. And she's supposed to come oh, back. Oh, is she going to be in the Ms. Marvel series? I, I don't know. I thought I read that she might be. But no, I know she's definitely coming back for Captain Marvel 2. We vision, you know, the real vision, quote unquote, is out there and yep. Wanda's there. My my initial disappointment with this second half is that Dr. Strange didn't show up. And I know yeah. I already said that, but I feel like he definitely needed to have been there because they mentioned the Sorcerer Supreme and then there's an outright homage to her, you know, doing exactly what he did in his movie and I would have just maybe the end credit scene would have been her at the Sanctum Sanctorum and, you know, she's studying with them. It could have been something very vague like that. Or, you know, they could have, they could have had kind of like a third end credit scene where he shows up and says, where is Wanda Maximoff? <gasps> that would have been really good. Well, that would have been so good. You know, and going back to the, the previous conversation we had about the, the souls and the thought experiment, this is where I kind of, you know, what I loved about and how relevant that type of conversation is here. Um, you know, the idea that a lot of people talk about is like the kids are in another dimension, like the, the hell dimension or even the dream dimension with what the future phase four protect, uh, antagonists, if you will. Um, and I like the idea that, you know, energy can't be destroyed. It, it's, it's still 
crew. Like this, this idea that this, that was kind of the, the story there too for House of M with the kids. It's like they were brought back basically and kind of reintroduced story into the world through her energy. And I feel like coming about this where it's like the kids are somewhere and whether, you know, it's an alternate dimension or an alternate universe, they're not gone. And I, I love that it's vague because it, then they can do whatever they want. They can do a time travel story. They can do just a, a soul energy-esque narrative with it. Um, I think it leaves, it, it, it really is awesome. And one cool thing was that like the, I saw someone mentioned that the twins, their child, uh, the actors were both in London at the same time. And yeah. that's where Dr. Strange was being filmed. So there is hope. Mm-hmm. And I actually like the idea as much as it's a little complicated, I like the idea of them actually growing into their roles versus hiring like older actors to kind of play them. Um, I think they're so perfect and the audience has kind of grown to love them and they're just so adorable. It's like, you almost want to see them grow into the roles that they would ultimately take up. Well, so Young Avengers is coming. There's no doubt about that sure. because we have Cassie Lang who just got recasted by Catherine Newton, I believe is the actress's mm-hmm. name. And we have Hawkeye who has Kate Bishop in there as well. And they're pretty already in their, I, I, I don't want to say in their prime, but they're where they want the Young Avengers sure, to sure. be. That makes sense. So I don't know if these we're going to wait seven years for these actors to you know hit those ages. I think they will probably age up and we'll get Billy and Tommy. I, I love that they've been spotted in London. You know, who knows? Let's see where it goes. But I think the Young Avengers are for sure coming. It's all going to tie in. We have Ironheart coming down the line. You know, Kang is rumored to be you know, in the next, oh, I'm sorry. He's not even rumored to be, he's been casted. So maybe we'll get Iron Lad. That may be a little too complicated, but who else? Wait, Hulkling will show up with all the scroll Cree yeah. stuff that we have. So yeah. And they're not going to do young Avengers without Billy and, oh, no. and, and Hulkling that will be absolutely catastrophic. No one will be happy if they don't well, have Hulkling and Wigan. And this is their, yeah, this is their LGBT reference. Like, you know, oh, yeah. Cool. They're not going to mess that up, especially nowadays. So online, someone took, um, and I can share the link with y'all, but someone online shared um, a video that they took kind of the key notes for WandaVision, like the song. They're like the whole parts where they go, WandaVision. Like it's a specific note, uh, a specific set of notes. And they showed how like it integrated in every theme song, but specifically, which was really cool. And I don't think, I haven't seen it and I'm sure it's been talked about now, but Vision's tie that everyone was always talking about, that was the note progression on his tie. In the original, the four dots. Oh, okay. The way that the notes are Hmm. set up, two dots and then two dots closer on the inside. And that's exactly what we saw on Vision's tie. So I love those kinds of little hidden Easter eggs. And the question I was going to pose because I was going to say, I loved episode, uh, the Halloween episode. That was one of my favorite episodes. That was the best episode in my opinion. And it was so great to see. But my favorite opening was the um, office-inspired one, the one, the office-inspired WandaVision opening. That was my favorite opening. So that's my question to you guys: What were your, what was your favorite episode, and what was your favorite uh, opener? I I agree with you, Nightfall. I really loved the Halloween episode as well. I just, I mean, just everything about that, you know, was just it was just so fantastic. I mean, I love Halloween itself too. So I mean, that was just kind of a you know, the icing on the cake right there. But just seeing, you know, Wanda in her comic, you know, style, 
Scarlet Witch costume. She just looked fantastic. I, I just loved it. I mean, the headpiece, you know, the, the kind of the course of the cape, you know, the leggings. It was just it was just perfect. And, you know, seeing Theatro, you know, in, in his uh, you know, Quicksilver attire. I mean, it was just such a, a great episode and just everything about it. Uh, my favorite opening, I have to say, I liked the 70s one. Oh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen looks so beautiful. I th- yeah, she just looked fantastic. I, I, I just love the little montage they did. And the little scene with her and Vision just kind of dancing together. And yeah, I, I enjoyed that, you know, more. That was mine. I loved the second episode, the Bewitched-inspired mm-hmm. one, because... I think we started unraveling a little bit of what was happening in Westview. I thought it was fun. I thought Catherine Hahn really shined. The devil is in the detail. That's not the only place he's at. <laughs> I, I thought we got Emma Caulfield and I love Anya from Buffy. Yes. I, I'm not shocked that she didn't turn out to be someone more nefarious or anything like that. I mean, you understand Hollywood, why they cast certain actors, et cetera, et cetera. But For me, I love that ending where Wanda is pregnant and they go outside and they see the sword agent. She's like, no. And it rewinds. You're like, what the fuck just happened? And then it turns into a Pleasantville moment where everything comes to color and you just see the passion, you know, unfolding and Wanda looking so happy. My favorite opening was the Halloween episode opening. I, I thought it just captured the chaos of what was happening in, in the Maximoff household. And so what if it's all an illusion to sit back and enjoy the show? You know, <laughs> I love the Malcolm in the middle inspiration for that. And by the way, and, and I've watched that opening over and over again, and I only caught it when I was on the treadmill, the, you know, the juicy couture inspired outfit that oh, Agnes is wearing. Yeah. It's not only, it, it, yeah, it's not only purple, but it says naughty. And I was like, oh, ha ha. It's like pink or, you know, whatever they used to say in Juicy Couture or um, Victoria's Secret. But no, it says naughty. It's right there. And they hit her button. She's like, oh, and like, it was just so fun. And having Peter there, I think that opening just captured what Wanda was fighting for her life. And that life wasn't perfect. It was messy. There was anger. There was a lot of chaos, but it was her life. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, there were so many, you know, looking back on it, I know a lot of people are always going to have issues with like, oh, so many theories that didn't get followed through with. But, you know, it sucks to say this, but there's definitely so many, you know, when you look back on so many moments, you're like, oh, that was so obvious. Like you look kind of back to even like Pietro's com- like conversations with her and you could tell it's obviously sure it's not it's not evan peters's quicksilver it's not a character of relative no but but here's the thing when you look back you you see where agnes was using him as a puppet my main quarrel with what the memes are going around right now about us all being clowns with our you know our fan theories no one has these level of fan theories for falcon and the winter soldier for example It's because, again, Marvel purposely trolled us. We had Emma Caulfield doing interviews. We had Tiana Paris saying that, oh, I can't wait for you all to see who the astrophysicist is. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we had Kevin Feige, who's here like, this is like the first chapter in a multiverse saga. And we have Andrew Garfield and, you know, Tobey Maguire coming back, Emma Stone and Kirsten Dunst. 
why wouldn't Evan Peters be the first kind of herald and, and show a good faith that the mutants may be coming? So again, they could have casted another actor to be Quicksilver. They could have brought him back, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I feel we are dignified for our speculation because we're going to be covering Falcon and the Winter Soldier here at Power of X-Men. And I I assure you, there is no fan speculation (laughs) right now going on. We're just going to sit back and enjoy the show. I I have to say this really quick. Ascani, I sent this in our Instagram group chat, um, but I made this last night and I showed it to Dayspring and I laughed. It's the, the scene with Wanda and... Agnes or Agatha, and she just goes, I'll give you the role you chose, the clown. <laughs> I, I that's that's us. That's us right now. Probably. That is so funny. Oh, I love it. No, I, I think you know, it's you know, with the you know, speculation and the theories and possibly them trolling us and what because I mean, think about it. You no, know, WandaVision was really and, and just in my opinion, and for me, was really the one show out of you know, Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki that. I personally was looking forward to the most, you know, and I'm glad that they, that was the debut. And I think a lot of people really were looking forward to that one the most. I mean, look, you got, it's it's dealing with Avengers territory. It's magic. It's the Scarlet Witch. You know, these are very just revered characters that we love and have read for so long. You know, I mean, I'm going to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm going to watch, you know, Loki. I'm not as apt you know, with their stories, honestly. Uh, but with WandaVision, I mean, it's it's just fun. And I mean, I love the the, the speculations and the theories. And that's what keeps you coming back, yeah. you know, for more. I mean, because, you know, you, you hope in the back of your mind that it's true, even if it's not. But it's fun to, to theorize, to think about. And I, and I don't think it's and, and and Nightfall. You said this. I don't think anyone here is angry that like my theory didn't pan out. I think it's more that like we were expecting that Luke Skywalker, that baby Yoda moment, where we realize again. And I'm sorry, I know I'm on repeat now. That this is a story no one can miss, and it's going to be fun. And by the way. Speculate. Let's remove the speculation, the disappointment of speculation. The series delivered. It oh, was absolutely, oh, it absolutely. A wonderful. What wonderful. Even when I, I realized, oh, Doctor Strange isn't coming. Oh, Evan Peters is just Ralph Boner. It's the motion behind it, and that is a testament to Elizabeth Olsen and also Paul Bettany and Catherine Hahn and the actors they got to play the twins. The acting brought you in you cared for these characters i was just gonna say you know if you really think about it i mean and why you know you feel so so much sympathy for wanda go back to avengers endgame or i'm, I'm sorry the infinity war where you know thanos snaps his fingers with the gauntlet and you see these characters blipping out dusting and then they come back at the end of endgame they fight him and they defeat thanos and his lackeys or whatnot you know, Ant-Man got to, uh, he, he got to be with the Wasp and his daughter. He reunited with, you know, them. T'Challa got to reunite with his mother and his sister. Yeah. Uh, Thor, you know, found new foundation with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he still has Jane out there. You know, he has 
you know, his people, Valkyrie, uh, Captain America, when he went to return these stones, chose to stay back and live a life with Peggy. You have these characters that had, you know, a happy ending. They had something to go back to. Wanda had no one. Mm -hmm. She lost her parents. She lost her brother. She had to watch Vision die, not once, not twice, now three times, her children that she created. Yeah, she has just that poor woman, it's she just wears the cloak of tragedy on her all the time. She just she had the she just she just had nobody. And for me, that's why I just gravitate towards her the most because you know you just want something good to happen for and to stick. And, and her loss is real. It's not yes. retcon. It's exactly when what you were just saying right now, I literally have chills because you're right. Everyone gets their happy ending. Even Tony Stark gets to die in Pepper's arms, you know, I mean, and we know that deleted, child. Yeah, he has his child. And we know that deleted scene where he snapped, he saw Morgan. Mm-hmm. Wanda's loss, like Vision stays dead. Yeah. Right. Hulk couldn't wish for Vision to come back. So I wish for, for, for Black Widow, but I didn't wish for Vision, who is a permanently dead, you know, absolved from the snap death. It's just Wanda has to move forward with her grief. And I feel as an audience member, that is a vessel that I can empathize with her more. And I mean, going back, does she even know that white vision is even out there? I mean, I don't think they really clarified it that, you know. No, and that would be my main qualm with this actual ending. It could have been an hour and 10 minutes. And we could have seen certain things fleshed out a little bit more, you know. And even more so than that, they needed an extra episode if you're going to ask me because, like, there's so much kind of thrown in there that could have definitely been cooked a little bit more and given some proper screen time to really, like, okay, yeah, she's acknowledged the presence of White Vision to some extent and understands what White Vision is, and that will be approached down the road. I think this this season, and this series specifically, is kind of like a like the first Avengers movie where sure it's the first in the beginning and i don't think i i don't think it's skippable because i think it does lay the seeds for a lot of stuff um i am on the boat that the villain of this phase is going to be a cosmic deity whether it's nightmare or mephisto i think it's going to be something like a mephisto i feel like there's a lot of titans everywhere and i feel like this sets up kind of the conversation to be had about it because from the ending and especially from what is being kind of shown, the kids are out there and I think she's going to start tearing through the multiverse and finding them. Or some type I, of I agree with that. Yep. So do we think that maybe in Dr. Strange two, Wanda, who is I think supposed to be the villain or anti-hero, whatever role she's going to occupy, do we think she is tearing through the multiverse trying to get to her twins somehow. I think it's going to be like Civil War, where it's going to be Doctor Strange versus Wanda, but there's a nefarious evil in the back that is going to be the bigger problem. And, you know what I mean? It's not going to be a versus that, like it's going to be kind of obviously some opposition because, you know, he doesn't realize how strong she is until just now discovering that she's, okay. well, apparently he doesn't care because he can't even make it to WandaVision at all. He's like, I'll I'll binge it when it's fully out. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I don't know if I necessarily agree that she will be controlled. 
I, I, to, oh, to, I think she's going to be an opposition yeah. to Strange, yeah. but there's going to be something greater there. And, and my only comment about WandaVision being skippable wasn't necessarily that there weren't any plot elements here that, that, that would serve as later MCU stories. I just think it was a great character study for Wanda. And when we see her again in Doctor Strange 2, we are going to, audience members that didn't see WandaVision will be given a little bit more background on her. But one thing I do want to touch base on that I found really interesting, no one's talking about, is that Agatha said, you're the Scarlet Witch. You're supposed to be the Herald of Doom. Mm-hmm. Do we think this is planting the seeds properly for a House of M oh. 10 years from now? I was just I was just going to say, because I think if Doctor Strange 2, with her coming back, it's going to kind of go more the Avenger disassembled route that could lead possibly to the House of M. What's, what's um, is it Cathan? That's... That's the name, right? Yeah, of, I think so. right. That marks Wanda. Mm-hmm. It's very Cthulhu, very you know Lovecraftian. I got that from looking at the page that had her sprawled there. Her hair looked like tentacles and mm-hmm. tentacles, like looked very like Lovecraftian. So right. like I think that's kind of the because I, I know that's her correlation in the comics of her power and that's what she kind of brings about. I think her abilities are going to start to awaken kind of a deeper evil, if you will. But it's interesting. I want to say that there's a, a House of M moment happening down the road, but I, maybe this is just her, you know, blessful ignorance here. Elizabeth Olsen kept saying, I'm so glad we're doing a House of M style story. And I was like, I mean, I can understand where it's inspired from it, but homegirl, did you actually read from front to back? Like it's <laughs> not the same story here, but I think kind of like a civil war, we're not going to get an authentic house of M, but we're going to get a variation of it down the right. road. Because I think we're setting up to see that Wanda's powers, while she's not the villain, her powers are going to be massively game-changing down the road. Yeah, it's kind of when Kevin Feige was like, yeah, I got, you know, Tom King's vision on my desk. And I was like, oh, how can we bring that? Like, no, there is nothing here that is Tom <laughs> King's vision. You know, like Sparky, I'll give you Sparky. But he didn't even come back as a robot. The dog is just fucking dead. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I, I, I'm curious to see where they're going to take Wanda. And obviously, Elizabeth Olsen is in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And is this going to be a situation that 20 years from now where, where Elizabeth Olsen will still be more than capable to play Wanda? Will she come and do a house of M? Will she do, you know, an Avengers disassembled? I just, I really did want that line from Dr. Strange in this episode where he shows up and he goes, the magics are being abused. I wish we would have gotten that from Doctor Strange here because I thought that was a very beautiful, powerful moment in in Avengers Disassembled. But maybe save it for later down the road. But are, are we going to be doing this narrative now? Is Wanda evil or not? You know, in a movie? It seems a little reductive. Look it up. <laughs> well, I think that one good thing, and I mean, I think anyone that's a fan of WandaVision, I forgot who said it, but they were like, uh, there's not a season two, but Doctor Strange's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is basically a season two to WandaVision. Right. I like that that's kind of being talked about because there's just so much still there to unpack. And I love that. It's, it's crazy to think that like talking to people and being like WandaVision and they're like, oh my God, I love it. And like you, I would have never had this kind of conversation 
with anyone 10 years down the road or uh, 10 years ago. You know, when we were rewatching Ultra Vision, I was uh, Ultra Ultra Vision, <laughs> Age of Ultron, Ultra Vision, <laughs> alternate universe to WandaVision. Ultra Vision, um, Ultra Vision. That's the season two right there. Uh, <laughs> it's Age, it's Ultron. A single dad with two kids. Uh, <laughs> contact me, Marvel. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, when there's so many moments in Age of Ultron with Vision and, and uh, Wanda, I was like joking. I was like, House of M, House of M. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, there was so many scenes being uh, sewn into like the, the groundwork for these characters. And I think that's what, again, WandaVision, it, you know, we are just, I just realized this. We're coming off of the, this is the first story besides Spider-Man. This is the first story post uh, Endgame, you know, and we're really starting a new phase and that's kind of how every beginning starts. You know, there's just seeds thrown in and now we have to see how they all come up. And I'm sure down the road, we'll be like, ah, it was always Mojo all along. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. And we mentioned this last episode, Nightfall. Wanda not only wanted to live in a sitcom world, she wanted to live on like the set of a sitcom world and broadcast that out to the universe. That's the part where I kind of scratch my head at because if I'm Wanda, I want to live in my little pocket universe here. Fine. Great. But she's going the extra mile and getting Victoria blade and her 3,200 followers (laughs) to star in her commercials (laughs) (laughs) and like do product placement and and broadcast this out to to the world so so then here's my question when they hit the modern family era are modern tvs picking up wandavision Mm, good question yeah well i think it i i almost like the idea yeah because there's a lot of unanswered questions here that you can't kind of just be like hmm right and that's fair and that's the mcu I think, but I, I do like the idea that it's it's tied to the multiverse. I like that they're keeping it kind of subtle. I mean, look at, like, again, watch, uh, I forgot when the first time he was really announced, but, like, they didn't really mention Thanos, like, as much. Like, they didn't give a clear cut, this is the villain of the series. He was always hinted at early on and kind of hypothesized. I feel like at the end of Avengers, when Thanos came on, Phantom sure. wet itself and and yeah. we sort of knew it was going to be the road to thanos i don't think kevin fahey will do something similar again such a linear right you know pathway there i think he's going to do a little bit more of hiccups i i think now that we've seen that the multiverse is a billion dollar franchise you know per movie they can now play around with it. And I think they're going to start copying comic book format. And we've said this before, where not only do we have your attention a couple of times throughout the year, but now every Friday night, there's going to be a new Marvel show and you're going to tune in. And it's like the comic books. You can watch us weekly. And then, you know, you have your big movie event, which is like the big crossovers, like AVX, House of M. You know, you can do all these like fancy, you know, alternate universe timeline stories that wouldn't make it make sense as a movie, but make it as a TV show, you know, like yeah. an episode show or a series, mm-hmm. put it up on Disney Plus. My only thing that I want to comment about, the last thing I really want to comment about is the amount of quote unquote leaks that were happening through WandaVision. Some of them pretty accurate. Obviously, footage was accurate and, you know, 
But on the message boards, everyone is saying this is happening, this is going to happen, and all these articles coming out, it really shows that you can't trust what's out there on the internet. And I'm bringing this up because right now, Anaskani, you probably know this, the Mutants logo is going around. Oh, and- yeah. The, yep, you know, I've the, seen that. the MCU is now developing the X-Men in the, you know, in their mm-hmm. world. And it's going to be called the mutants and people are regramming it and talking about it and everything and speculating. And I'm like, this is probably false. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you really have to kind of really kind of take, just take this with a grain of salt, you know, yeah. right now. I mean, plus, and in my opinion, it's just really too early. I mean, cause they're just starting to scratch the surface especially with going into the multiverse territory. I think it's too premature right now to, you know, go into anything of that, you know, magnitude when it comes to the mutants and the X-Men, obviously they're going, they're going to come into the MCU at some point. It's just the question of how. Yeah. So I, I got so, I Dayspring and I talked about this cause we, during the, actually we did the Halloween episode, right? That was the other episode you were on with us. No, it was with, uh, you were the episode prior. You were the episode prior. Yeah, it was the, the 80s episode. The 80s episode. Because yes, that yes. was the time that we were all talking about the fact that we all saw the leak with Pietro. Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. But there was also that other leak too that was going on where um, it was Magneto fighting Vision. And it was obviously yes. fake. But I have to say, for a blurry ass leak of, that was completely and utterly fabricated, I got chills at yeah. the thought of Magneto being the villain or introduced at the end. And I feel like that's like, I think we were all hoping that they would have tried to have incorporated the X-Men in in some way. And if, if, you know, you mentioned this in one of the posts, um, you know, if Kevin Fahey is really smart about like always testing the waters before he he making a decision, he leaps before he looks. And that's, uh, wait, what? I'm sorry. He leaps before he. Oh, I'm sorry. He looks before he leaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was sorry, like, thank you again for like. I'm Nightfall. I'm the uncanny Nightfall. I'm the uncanny Nightfall. You want to take that from the top? Can we, um, you want to take that from the top again? But no, I, feel, I don't. I. <laughs> No, I don't. Thank you. No, I, 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 I'm right. Thank you. I'm gonna stand here and I'm gonna wallow and be right. But I feel like or macerate. That's a new word I learned today. Macerate. He's still talking, guys. <laughs> um, I feel like. I feel like that's um, what he did with Evan Peters. As much as it was a gag, I think he knew the ramifications he was having, but I feel like in a way it was also like, well, I don't know, maybe they will like that it was a gag and they'll be like, oh, thank God, no, uh, we don't want no Fox characters in here. But I feel like that was, again, him test. There's no reason other than to make it a gag is like such a waste of that character. One of the... One of the supposed spoilers that was on Reddit was that Wanda was going to read Quicksilver's head and we would have seen images of Magneto and Professor. I read that too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was 4chan or Suki. By the way, Suki on Reddit, who has been posting spoilers for like a year about WandaVision, turns out to be completely false, deletes their profile, and like we never hear from them again. We have no resolution on what happened with Suki. But I would, I thought that was so wonderful. Such a great way to, you don't have to crack open the X Men just yet, but you can plant that seed there. And maybe he is Ralph, maybe Agatha, you know, enchanted him to be Ralph. But when Wanda reads his mind, she knows the truth. And you can see those images. Because it can go back. You can theorize that if that was the case, that 
Agatha has already looked into the multiverse and has seen, you know, these characters and has seen this version of Quicksilver and has used, I get you can say his essence, so to speak, to imbue with this guy here in Westview, Ralph Boner, and kind of amalgamate these two. And that's how Wanda sees these other, you know, people from this other world. Guys, we've been talking for over two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if I have anything else to say. Well, <laughs> I will say there was one thing left that I, I wanted to bring up. Um, hi, my name is Sarah and I have a daughter. She can be a school bully. Um, okay, can, we completely gloss over that because it, as in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't as important in the moment, but that was just as uncomfortable as White Vision cracking her head was mm. all the banter. I was like, oh, and this is Awkward. what I was Well, this well, was a, what I was talking about. No. She was going to get that resolution at the end where she was like, I made you all feel safe. And they're like, no, you didn't, bitch. Just kill <laughs> fucking Mrs. Hart. Just kill us. The line <laughs> where they were like, we, dr- we have your nightmares. Oh, yes. Can you imagine, though, while Wanda is walking through the streets and everybody's giving her a stink eye, that the guy, I can't think of the character that the guy that was playing Norm in the, um, her fake world. Can you imagine if he just looked at her and like, Oh, by the way, my dad died. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's what, so at the end, when uh, we have the post credit scene with Monica, their medical stations being set up, these people were presumably very injured to some degree following yeah. Wanda's. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like, wow, Wanda is going to be, it's liable for all of this. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, that's why her ass just took off in this conversation. She's like, I'm done. <laughs> She's like, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> Talk to my lawyer. Yeah, I'm going to so read like- my new book right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cozy up with a nice book here. Yeah. They're just like, uh, Wanda, Wanda. And she's like, talk to my lawyer. And they're like, you don't have one. And she's like, bye. <laughs> so I have to say real quick, you know, I loved, you know, in the second um, uh, end credit scene where, you know, you had the cameras pan- uh, panning over the, uh, the lake. I, I don't know if it was just me, but I immediately thought I like Alkali Lake from oh, X2. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. is that another thing? Yet another thing they're stealing oh. from the X-Men. <laughs> Can you imagine her just standing there and just like bits of vision just floating in the air? And or no, worse, if it would have been Elizabeth Olsen narrating, being like, mutation. It is key to our <laughs> oh, evolution. <my> <laughs> no. Or, okay. or the Scarlet Witch. She is key to the magic evolution. <laughs> okay, but I'm, I'll go into this later, but alternate universe version that turns out to be a movie where it's Famka playing the Scarlet Witch. Oh, oh my God. You know Famka would just take it. She'll just be like, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brian Singer, call me. <laughs> Remember when she said that when we were like, are you going to be in Days of Future Past? We being fandom. And she's here like, Brian Singer, call me. <laughs> you should not be waiting by the phone no no not at all no um one of you had mentioned about this ring might have been you that at the second end credit scene that it, you see her astral form you know reading the book i actually thought that the wanda that we saw with the t was the astral and that was really her studying the dark hold oh uh, interesting yeah why why, why why did you think that well, because that's her kind of facade. So, you know, she's showing everybody that she's just kind of hiding out right now. She's living this life of normalcy, so to speak. But really, she's doing other things to not call herself out right now. Ah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. 
And by the way, this, whether it turns out to be a significant location or not, Wanda at the end of House of M retreats back mm -hmm. to Windegore Mountain. And, you know, we, it's that last shot of her like going through the village with her little handbasket and smiling as she has literally decimated 99% <laughs> of the world's mutants. And she's and, just like, bye, bitches. And I can just see right now, you know, they introduce Boba squirting out her. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Bova, Freddy. man. Bova is a reason that Wanda in the comics has such a fucked up life. Like how a, a woman dies giving birth and you're going to tell this poor man, oh, I'm sorry, your wife died. But here, these two kids are yours, but they're not your kids. <laughs> you know, like, oh, man. Do you think yeah. she like fabricated that entire house, or did she was like, "I'm gonna build this house"? No, worse. What if she like hexed the people in there? Oh my God. <laughs> like Wanda, we know. First of all, Wanda, you could only you envision could only afford a house in a dilapidated town in New Jersey. How the fuck do you have this beautiful cottage in the mountains now? Like you, like no, uh, no. Really? Look, Wait, th uh, sorry, this is just one question I actually did have. Um, Maybe I misinterpreted this scene, but when Jimmy and Monica come up to the force field outside of Westview, didn't the police officers say that Westview isn't a real town? Thank you. Yes, and I thought, and they said it was Eastview. Yeah, and then, and then like, but this I took that as Wanda her her influence going out of the hex that she had literally. I guess, but I just felt like that was a weird. Thing. I mean, the one. Well, it's thing just like the same thing with the missing person and the FBI and and, and you know and the and witness protection. Why mention it if you're not going to follow up with it? it, it mm -hmm. And less about it being a red herring. Why even make it a thing? Well, you know, I why couldn't like just be a random missing person? This is kind of my interpretation of it, and I feel like what we're seeing is the the birth of Wanda's power kind of growing even stronger because she's like you know one could say like oh her impact so much affected that this like you know this town sign is the one thing that stays in westview but even more so to that she permanently locked agatha into agnes and yeah. you know she mentioned this in the prior episode she was like you have magic on autopilot and it's not like agatha is going to be kind of like you know a girl's drone kind of going about she's going to have a personality she's going to have a character but she's not going to be present for this and i think that's at least to show that her magic can have lasting effects throughout the Yeah, world. but where's Agatha going to go now that she's Agnes? She's just going to be like, hello there, artichokes. Like, is she going to be like <laughs> crazy? Like, you know, every town has them, that crazy person who's well, just like, where do you live? Going back in Doctor Strange 2. That was the end credits scene at the end. Calling it right now. Time stamp it. Literally end Time stamp it four hours after we hit play on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, you took the words right in my mouth again, Nightfall, that... Would, he has a habit of doing that. <laughs> I was just thinking that we you know, do we expect to see you know Agatha you know return in Doctor Strange because my theory is is that you know is I think the next film before Doctor Strange is it Spider Man three? I think it's going to go Spider Man then Doctor Strange. So do you think that he's going to recruit Agatha at the end like an end credit scene in Spider Man that's going to lead you know into I hope so you know, his move. Uh, yeah. They would be stupid not to because Catherine Hahn is incredible. She was trending. It was Agatha all along is number one oh, in yeah. iTunes. Mm -hmm. She's gotten so much press. The only thing I'm going to say is she has been doing interviews 
And unless they're just misdirecting us, it doesn't look like she's in London. Yeah, but I feel like they're not going to, you know, they're not going to say it either. You know, yeah, you're right. And they're scheduling and all that stuff. That they're right. I also feel like as a narrative, they don't, they'll give it some time for her to simmer as like, that's her punishment. But like I said, I feel like at the end of Doctor Strange, then credit scene is just going to be her coming back to Westview and there's Agnes and she's like, I need your help. And she's going to reawaken her because something's yeah. going to happen there. Or so- Reed Richards and Sue are going to come in. They're like, we need a nanny. <gasps> How great oh, would it be that the Fantastic oh, yes. Four are there? And they're like, Wanda, here are our children and their nanny. And it's Agnes. <laughs> Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. Look at that outfit. <laughs> so I have to say real quick, uh, you know, before you know, we go is, I don't know if it's just, uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but when Wanda was draining the power back into her, and I, did, and I think she took some of Agnes, Agatha's power too, a party was kind of disappointed that we didn't see her age. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was Wanda really excited to hear white streaks or something. Yes. And then yeah. Ag- Agatha should have had white hair. She, you didn't even have to make her face look that old. You could have just made her hair get white. Right. But I will say from a cinematic perspective, you had Catherine Hahn, who was de-aged in the Salem scenes. Mm-hmm. And you had her as her normal self during the series. And then her as like, full-blown Agatha looked a little bit more world weary in my opinion. She, it didn't quite look like Catherine Hahn in some shots for me when it was just like her face, like not like a CGI double or anything like she, they definitely messed with her face and made her look a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when they uh, reintroduce us to her again in, in a Spider-Man or in the Dr. Strange, maybe um, she'll actually start to age a little bit rapid rapidly now that she doesn't have her, you know, magic, you know, we'll see her kind of croning it up. Croning so to <laughs> Today's look modern crone. <laughs> I, you know, I gotta say though, you know, if they had done this back in the eighties, B. Arthur would have been an awesome oh, Agatha. Oh, yes. absolutely. What was that edit that you posted too? It was like, oh, yeah. oh um, B. Arthur. <laughs> Shady Pines, mom. Yeah. No pussycat. <laughs> like, no pussy. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, yeah, I definitely, I feel like we'll get a, a, a white haired Agatha at one point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this series was so great. I've enjoyed talking about it, especially with you two. Mm-hmm. I thought it doesn't look like the conversation's over for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, I think a beautiful line to end on for the story, and I think one again, what wraps it all up nicely is that line that Ag- Agatha had with uh, Wanda, where she was like, "Different story, uh, different era, same story. There's always going to be people with pitchforks," and I feel like that's such a a very strong message, or oh, a pitchforks for strong ladies like us. And I feel like that's such a strong message for what Wanda is what the future of the MCU with Wanda is going to be. But in fairness, Agatha was practicing the dark arts, literally sucked the life out of her coven. And Wanda (laughs) took an entire town in New Jersey prison by made them prisoners and literally tormented them nightly with her own nightmares. I mean, Look, I don't ever want to see a powerful woman, you know, torn down. But looking at this objectively with no gender involved, like Wanda, that was pretty fucked up. (laughs) That was pretty fucked up, Wanda. 
Like, like maybe you should have sat down before you left and explained, like, let people like have that like fucking like Cersei moment from Game of Thrones. Shame. Like people like spitting on her, get her a new wig. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do feel Wanda was wrong at the end of the series. I have a lot of pathos for her. I don't, I understand why she did what she did. And mm-hmm. certainly, you know, Nightfall, you know, everything that's happened this year. I, if I had Wanda's power, I would have done what she did as well. I, that being said though, she, she kind of just was like, okay, bye. Like did not take any bounce. <laughs> like she did not take responsibility for those. Act- That's why I'm like, these people must be furious. Like someone needs to step in and give them retribution. You're like, All if right. I had her powers, I'd, ca- I'd cast someone else as my brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know here. The doorbell will ring and I'll open it up and I'll be shocked and Jeff will be like, who is it? And it will be Aquaria from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> and, and, but I'll be like, finally, the brother I always wanted. For future, for context to Just the joking. viewers, Dayspring and I literally quote each other. Like we, we will send quotes that are uh, transformed or kind of changed to match our own conversations, but it's all just derivative of WandaVision or whatever else we're watching. So yes, I literally sent like, like for our dogs, I was like, Dayspring? And you're like, no, my name is Paul and I have a Pomeranian. He can be friends with your French bulldog or the, the dog park bully or something. Like I'm literally- If, if, if you like that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> to which I love the fact that you think you're Wanda in your own story and not Agatha. Oh. Like literally that scene in Salem is just a low key reenactment of your life earlier this year. Okay. And all the people you suck. It's true. It's true. (laughs) My private podcast. I'll talk all about that. Um, No, but I, I definitely am Wanda from nineties, the nineties Wanda. That's, that's me. Okay. And I feel in that situation, I would be Quicksilver. Yeah. I said, you are Quicksilver. I'm a cool uncle. Like my godchildren and my nieces love me. I'm really, I'm fun. Sure, we'll go with that narrative. But you're well, definitely Wanda. You you're Wanda in the modern family era. Like that's you. Like that's for sure you. Where okay. I'm coming in as Ag- that's when I'm Agnes coming in. I'll take. I'm like I'll take the boys. Don't worry. Ascani, who? Do, which which era of Wanda do you think you are? Oh God. Oh uh, right. Well, to be honest, right now how I'm feeling since I've been up since the freaking butt crack of dawn. Uh, I, I would probably correlate myself with the modern family Wanda where I'd be like, I just woke up, but I just don't want to. <laughs> Cause that's really how I'm feeling for tomorrow. I just don't want to, you have to go to work tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Oh man. And here you are recording this like uber long episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So no, believe me, I am so ready for it. I'm like, uh, sleep. Who needs it? <laughs> I, have always loved, I know I joked about it and you know, there's a lot of gags we can make, but I've always loved Wanda and talking about Wanda back in the day, Scarlet Witch, House of M. These are stories that I've always held near and dear to my heart. And I, you know, I was watching the interview with Catherine Hahn where she was talking about how the best part about WandaVision was watching it on Friday nights. And that was something like, you know, everyone- With her family. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm a 90s kid and you're an 80s kid and we watched stuff at nighttime. We would always have like a ritual, you know, Friday nights. TGI Fridays. Well, yep. and we would go to Blockbuster. I'm sorry, TGIF. <laughs> yeah. We'd also go to TGI Fridays <laughs> and get those Jack Daniels chicken tendies. <laughs> We would go to Blockbuster too and you would order the pizza and we would watch some movies and all stuff. It's like, 
you know, these are great experiences. And honestly, I've never had so much fun talking about a show and really enjoying the experience. No matter what happened, I was like, I'm enjoying it because of this. And that's, you made that uh, a big part of it. And for everyone that I got to experience. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I love things like this where it just kind of brings all us fans together and it just gives us a chance to really talk about the stuff that we really, really love and are very passionate about. Guys, this is so beautiful. But this isn't the end of this quorum. We're going to, you guys will be back. I, you guys better watch Falcon and Winter Soldier because you know I'm going to be blowing up your DMs. <laughs> oh, I'll be watching for sure, for sure. I've been asking you guys to come on and discuss again. <laughs> it's where, where can the folks at home find you guys? Well, you can find me on Instagram at mdbrower81 and on Twitter at mikebrower81. And you Nightfall. can find me as Rai Cosmos on Instagram, Twitter, and my art station. Nightfall, you have some merch out that I'm wearing right now. If you go on dragqueenmerch.com, which not only has such fabulous queens that we need to be supporting during a pandemic, no less, but my boyfriend and I also have artwork through our friend Bible Girl, who is kind enough to put us on there. You look up Ryan Flores. That's Ryan Flores with a Z. You can find <laughs> my fabulous artwork there. Support an artist. If you don't want to support me because you don't like me, that's fine. Support a drag queen. Support queer people, please. In this dire time, let's just give a lot of love and a lot of support. And let me be honest here. I look much better in this shirt than you do, Day Spring. Jesus fucking Christ. This isn't an Oscar acceptance speech. I just asked you to plug your very cheap merchandise on this podcast. If you would like to really support me, please follow my bulldog on Huey Indigo Frenchie on Instagram. All right, guys. And with that, I am the uncanny nightfall sun. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.